for tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. I don't know about you, but this, this week, the last couple of weeks, have it just felt like a blur. Um, I'm not sure really what it is. Mel and I talk, have talked off and on about it that Man, I, I don't know. It's not even about like just being busy, but there are, there are things to do. And at times, like, guess who gets to do them? Like, I, we do. And, and that's a great thing. And, and other times it feels like, well, who else can do things? Because I'm tired. Anybody else feel like, man, it's, it just it gets a little tough every now and then. Man, all right. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't alone. So that, that helps me. This morning, because sometimes, man, the enemy does a really good job of convincing you that you're the only one that feels like you feel right in this moment. Everybody else is good. They're solid. They have great faith. God is doing incredible things for them. Like, but you stink. And so that's why you feel the way that you deal. That's why you feel the way that you do. And and the enemy sometimes, it's so so wild because we know that he lies, right? He's the author, the, the father of lies. But yet we believe him as if he speaks truth to us. He gets us at these moments where we will listen to anything and convinces us of things that are not true at all. I'm not sure. I know I fall into that every now and then, and I want to do a better job of combating that, remembering exactly who he is, calling him out for that, and then proceeding with my life, ignoring the lie that he's told. Um, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today because just kind of where I've been this last week. Um, a, a few years ago, I got the privilege of taking some young adults on a retreat, and we went to the Lake of the Ozarks to the Southern Missouri District Campground. I'm not sure if you've been there or not. It's a really cool place. I've been going there since I was a kid. Uh, so we go there for a weekend retreat. And on one of the days, we just kind of have free time and people are exploring the campground. Because a lot of us, you know, we only, I'm a city kid. Like, I'm not going to go camping, um, really. Um, It's not my favorite thing to do if they're like a choice of 100 things to do. Camping is probably like 999 on my list. Um, Unless we're going to go to a hotel and then I'll camp that way and then go outside for a little bit afterwards. There we go. Um, so we, we're exploring, people are having fun, and, and there's a couple of groups that discover canoes. So they jump in their canoes and they go out onto the lake. Two sets of people, right? One of them, they are having the time of their life. They are laughing, there's joy in the air, they appreciate nature and all that the afternoon is holding for them. And then there's another group of people, and they are terrified. They are in a boat on water. They think they can swim, but they don't want to really test whether or not they can swim or not. And as they get into the water, you know how it is when you first get in the canoe and it kind of, yep, it does this a little bit. Look, one of the two people in that second group lost it. It started to rock, and I'm not sure the things that were being yelled and screamed at the time. I could hear some of it, but I'm pretty sure if you ask Olivier, he will tell you that he thought that he was going to die that afternoon in a few feet of water. There was a, a, another time we took some students on a missions trip, 
And we used to take them to Mission, Texas, which is down in the, the Gulf area. And, and one time we go and a hurricane hits while we were down in Texas. Now, we're used to tornadoes, right? We're used to stuff like that here in the Midwest, but have absolutely no frame of reference for a hurricane. Parents are calling. Kids are freaked out. I mean, the winds are blowing like crazy. They move all of the guys into the sanctuary. That's where we sleep for two days. It was dark. It constantly was raining. And I remember walking through um, the, the lobby area towards the restroom, and I thought, I wonder are the winds strong enough to just completely come through this glass right now? This probably isn't the best place I could be. Go back inside, and, and it was intense. Like, there were people that prayed that weekend that probably had not prayed in a really long time. And I can't imagine, like, having both of those two instances simultaneously. Like being out on the water in a boat and feeling like this is the secure thing. Like I, I got in this because it stays on top of the water. And having a moment where the boat feels insecure and unstable and then have a storm pop up right at the same time. I can't imagine how that would feel to, to count on the boat to keep you safe and dry and all of those things, but the storm having completely different plans, tossing the boat, moving it, making you feel as if at any moment things could end. Because if the boat goes over, then we all go over. And some of us are terrified of water, let alone being stuck on a boat in a storm where we can't find any kind of solid ground. And it's wild because sometimes that's exactly how life feels. That life feels like these storms that kind of converge at the same time that it feels unstable. Where we're trying to place our feet and rest as foundation, it seems to be going up and down. And then a storm comes and makes it feel even more unstable. And we can't catch our breath. Nothing seems to quiet the storm. Nothing seems to calm the storm. We try to wait out the storm. But the storm is waiting us out. We try to row and paddle and move in a different direction. And we spend a lot of energy and a lot of time all to be stuck in the same place. Or at least we feel like that. And now we're even more tired, more exhausted. We're tired of the storm. We're tired of this feeling. We're tired of being afraid. Storms often reveal what we believe about God and about ourselves. It cuts through all the pretend. It cuts through all of the fluff of how you think that you believe and gets right to the heart of what you actually believe. Because in the moments of the storm, it reveals really how much you trust God. What words do you use when you pray? How, how do you talk to him? Do you believe that he'll do what he said he would do? Or do you believe that he's absolutely nowhere to be found in the middle of the storm? So in our On Deck series that we've been in these last few weeks, We've been taking a look at, at stories in the Bible that have ships so that we can uncover the, the relevant truths for our lives. And today, we don't just find a story with a ship, but a ship in peril. And there are some things that we need to know about going through storms that lead to shipwreck. So let's talk about Paul's shipwreck. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the moments that we get to spend together in your presence, and in your word. And God, I ask that your word changes us, that it would sink down into who we are, that this morning you would speak to us, you would challenge us, you would convict us, you would call us to move and do what you've asked us to do. 
And Lord, I pray that you would anoint me as, as I communicate your word to your people. Help me to do it clearly and confidently and effectively to bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Acts chapter 27. The book of Acts chapter 27. Now, as you flip there, um, I'll kind of bring, bring us all up to speed. Paul the Apostle was arrested, and in part of his trial and, and people trying to get him condemned, condemned to death, he appeals to Caesar. So they're going to put him on trial and take him to the capital of the Roman Empire, which is in Rome. And in order to get there, he has to travel by ship. So the first part of the trip was great. As you read the, the beginnings of the journey, they're hitting ports, they're finding smooth sailing. And then as the seasons begin to change, it goes from spring to fall and from fall into winter. Well, most some of you know that there are certain times that you probably don't want to get out into a boat. And when we read in Scripture, those times are when fall is turning into winter. And so as they are getting ready to leave the last place, Paul says, hey, guys, um, we need to stay here and wait out the winter. If we go, there's going to be loss. There may be loss of life and loss of the ship. Let's stay here. But they decide to continue to press on. And they waited for a day where good weather popped up, and they took that as a sign. But had they been here on Valentine's Day, they would have learned that coincidence is not always providence. Because they took off out of that port trying to beat the winter. And at first it was all great. It was calm. And then the chaos began. They entered a storm, probably a hurricane that most of them probably had never experienced like this before. The Greek paints a picture of the ship being grabbed by a monster and being thrown here and there. That's how bad this storm was. That's the picture that we see in the original language. And as they, as they were going through this storm, they started thinking, how do we survive through this? After a couple of days, they began to throw the cargo off of the ship, things that they would need, stuff that they would sell, things that they would use to survive. If they made it through the storm, they would need the cargo, but they decided at that moment, it's got to go. And can I tell you this morning that some of you have, have been in a storm and wait out just a little bit longer. You're ready to throw things out the window. You're ready to throw stuff into the water that you feel like you don't need any longer. Don't throw the cargo over so soon. Don't let go of the things that you're going to need when you get through just because the storm feels like it may never end. So they begin to let go of all of this stuff. A couple of days later, they, th they think we need to lighten the load even more. We need to be able to float better. We need to survive. So they throw out the tackle, which are extra sails and, and pulleys and ropes, things that they would need to unload and load the cargo. When they got to places, well, you don't need that if you don't have cargo. So they begin to dump all of those things. The storm takes the cargo, it takes the tackle, and, and it takes the sun from them. It robs them of the sun, of the stars. It robs them of being able to know where they're at for two weeks. It robbed them of all hope that they would ever come out of the storm. It robbed them of the thought that maybe the storm would end. It robbed them of all hope at all. You're really excited. I picked this story, right? This is a great way to begin. I can't wait. Let's jump in at verse 21 together. No one had eaten for a long time. And finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, 
you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. Now, I want to pause there for a moment just to point out that Paul is not being like you and I would be. Some of us are great I told you so people. You know who you are. Paul wasn't just stopping in the moment to point out that he was right and they were wrong. Paul was pointing at the fact that before they left, he had a word from God that would have kept them from this damage and this loss. He said it so they would remember what he said before as he gets ready to deliver what he's about to say. Verse 22, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood where? Beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. First thing that we need to take note of this morning is that the storm may break your ship. And I wish that this wasn't my first point because it's not very encouraging. There may be a storm that you go through that breaks everything in your life. Sorry. Well, Pastor Kevin, I, I'm, I'm just going to play it safe then. I'm not going to do a lot of things. I'm not going to risk anything. Well, you can do your darndest to try to avoid storms. But there are several ways that we see them experienced. Sometimes we go through storms because we jumped out at the wrong time. We heard a word from God and we thought that he said, go now. And he said, wait, not yet. And when we do the right thing at the wrong time, it ends in the wrong results. Ask Moses. Moses tried to be the freer, the redeemer of the people of Israel at the wrong time. And he got the wrong results. Paul told them, let's stay at the port a little bit longer. Let's not go just quite yet. But they knew more about sailing than Paul did, so why would they ever listen to him? And some of us have entered into storms in our life because we have ignored godly counsel and wisdom that people have tried to share with us, all because we know better about what they're saying than what they do. Sometimes we experience a storm because we go when we're supposed to just wait. Sometimes we experience storms because we're running like Jonah. See last week's message. We decide that we want to do what we want to do. We're making the calls. We're writing the story. We're choosing where we go. Oh, you want me to go right? Well, I'm going to go left just because you're not the boss of me. Some of us have that inside of us. You know who you are. You're thinking back the last time someone said, eat that, and you're like, mm, nope, I'm going to be a vegetarian. You want me to eat steak? Some of us have made life decisions like that. We disobey on purpose, and sometimes our choices have walked us right into a storm. But we don't care, because I'll do what I want to do. You only live once. This is my life. I'm going to do me. You do you. We come up with whatever reason it is, but sometimes we experience storms because we're simply running. We're choosing to walk in the opposite direction. Sometimes it's just life. Life comes in seasons, and sometimes we enter a season that storms 
come. Every now and then you can tell when they're coming. You can feel it. You can sense it. You can read the writing on the wall. You can look into the clouds. Whatever it may be, God may give you a hint about what is going to happen so you can be prepared. Sometimes we, we go through the storms and they last for a little bit and we get through them and we think, oh, awesome. And then here comes another storm right after that. And we look at God and we say, can we just get a break for a day or two? Can, my arms are still sore from rowing yesterday. Can, can I just get a break today? Because storms will come out of nowhere. They show up in moments where we visit our doctor for our annual visit, and that visit ends up being one where the doctor says, I believe you have cancer. Sometimes the storms come out of nowhere with a phone call that we've lost a loved one. Sometimes they hit us when our kids get diagnosed with things and diseases and problems and issues that don't make any sense to us. And as parents, we wish we could undo and fix or, or I've actually told God, like, do this to me. Like, let my kids be good. Like, you can do whatever you want to me. Just let them be. And other times we, we get blindsided with storms when we come in back into a relationship and our spouse has told us they no longer want to be married to us anymore. That someone else makes them happy. They were only with us because you used to. They've just been looking, waiting for the right time, and now they found someone that gives them all that they need and makes them feel so complete. The storms come out of nowhere. And they keep coming. Sometimes that's the way life is. Sometimes the seasons that we're in experience storm after storm. And sometimes the storms come and God shows up and he stands up and he speaks a word and the storm is quiet. And other times when we're experiencing the storm, God demonstrates his power and his strength by walking on top of the waves, on top of the very thing that we are frightened of as he makes his way to us so that we know he is stronger than all of the things we are afraid of, so that we know that what feels unstable, he can turn into concrete to get to you. And sometimes the storms don't stop until they break everything in our life. But can I tell you this morning that God isn't just a God that can take you out of the storm. But he's a God that can take you through the storm. That there is still hope that you get to the destination because who told you you are going to get you to the destination. You see, the storm may break your ship, but it can't break his promise. What did God tell him? Paul, you will stand trial before Caesar. Paul, you will get to Rome. You still have things to do. And though there would be shipwreck, though it would be scary, though people would think they can lose their life, that wouldn't be the end of the story. Paul had to go to Rome. He needed to continue to spread the gospel. There were letters that he needed to write. There were churches that he needed to strengthen. He still had stuff to do. And I would imagine that as God is speaking to Paul, maybe Paul remembers when God did it when he was in Corinth. When people were trying to take his life and God tells him, look, you're good. I know there's people that are on the opposite side that they oppose you right now, but you're good. I got people in this city. You're safe. Do what I called you to do. I wonder if Paul went back to when he was in the jail cell before all of this journey started when God said, I'm going to take you to Rome. 
you'll stand before Caesar. People will hear about the God that you serve. God stands next to Paul in this storm. He encourages him. He pours his strength into him. He reminds him that this isn't where the end is. This is only a part of what's going on. And Paul stands up and he's able to encourage those around them with the word because he had been encouraged by the word. You see, and that doesn't mean that when we get those, those words from God, the encouragement, that doesn't take the realness away from the storm. It doesn't mean that the storm won't do damage in our lives. It doesn't mean that we won't be terrified. It doesn't mean that there won't be some loss happening. But it will mean that while we're in the storm, we still have our Savior. You'll never be alone. We talked about that last week. Ask Jonah. Look at the words that David penned. There's nowhere that we can go that we will escape the presence of God. And that's good because when we're in the storm, he's right there with us in our frustration, in our loss, in our depression, in the moments where we feel like this is the lowest that we could possibly be. We are in the deepest, the darkest valley of the shadow of death. God promises that he will be right there with us. And his presence reminds us of his promise. So when you are in your storm, look for God to remind you of his promise. Maybe it would be even better before you walk through the storm that you commit it to memory. What has God already told you? What destination has he pointed you toward? What direction did he say for you to move? Who has he said that you are that will not change in a storm? Because the storm may break the ship, but it will not break his promise. You see, hope doesn't always come from the storm breaking or stopping, but it comes in the fact that in the storm there is someone that is always holding you. The storm may break the ship. It will not break his promise. He will be there. You will come out on the other side. If you lose the ship, if you lose all that you have and still have your Savior, you have what you need to continue to move forward. That's a hard place to clap. That's right. Take every. No, wait, don't take everything. <laughs> That's a tough place. So Paul tells everyone, this is how it's going to be. And in the next coming days, it pans out exactly as he says. The storm gets worse. It doesn't get better. The ship runs aground. It goes down, but every person Makes it. And we're not talking about five people on a ship. We're talking about 276 people that God watched over during this shipwreck and got them safely to an island. And as they get to the island, Paul could have just found a spot on the sand. He could have just sat down and said, see, I told you. It's what I said, right? My work is done. Everyone, you can thank me. You can high five me. But it's exactly like I told you it would be. See who God is? Paul could have thought that his work was done in that moment. He could have just sat there. He survived. People survived. The ship didn't, but it worked out exactly the way that God had told him. But that's not what Paul did. When Paul hit the island, he didn't just sit down. He began to look for ways to bring God glory. 
Because Paul, there was something different about him. And we see it in in other scriptures where he says that to reach some, I will do whatever it takes. I will become like them. I will show them that they can serve the God that I serve because he can reach you when you're poor, when you're rich, when you're black, when you're white, when you're in the country, in the city, whether you live across here or across there. God is God. You can serve him. Paul said, I'll do whatever it takes. And he used this opportunity, shipwreck on an island as a prisoner to be who he was supposed to be. Check out what happens in chapter 28, verses 8 and 9. As it happened, they're on this island. Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and he prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. And then all the other sick people on the island came and they were healed. The storm may break your ship, but it can't take your calling unless you let it. Paul could have sat down. Paul could have stopped Working, Paul could have said, God, I've done all of these things for you. I've been obedient. I've followed you. I've given everything that I've had. I've been beaten. I've been whipped. I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned. They stoned Paul one time, and they thought that they killed him. They left him for dead. Paul could have said all of these things and said, you know what? This is it. I'm done. The storm may break the ship, but it doesn't have to take your calling unless you let it. Paul was determined to not let it steal who he was. They were on this island for three months, and during that time, he put in work. He found people that didn't know who God was, and he used it to show them who Jesus was. And I wonder if we take a look in our own lives, would we be able to say that we're as determined, or have we become distracted? That the storm that, that suddenly rose up in our life, that took things from us that we, we didn't think that it had the right to take, that in those moments we stopped and just sat down and said, well, I guess this changes everything. I guess I'm not who God said that I was. I guess I'm not supposed to do what he said that I was going to do. I mean, have we looked at the spot that we're in at our jobs and thought, this isn't what I signed up for? Have we looked at our relationships and thought, this isn't the person that I married. This isn't the life that I wanted. This isn't the family that God said that he was going to give me. This isn't how it worked. This isn't what I thought it would be. This isn't how it was supposed to be. We can let the storm break us along with the ship or we can stand up and we can dust ourselves off and we can begin to look around and remember who God created us to be. We can go back to the words that he spoke to us during the storm and before the storm that didn't change because even though the storm broke the ship, it didn't break his promise. It didn't break his word to you. It didn't break who he said that you were supposed to be. It didn't break where he intended to take you. So don't let the shipwreck take your calling. Let the shipwreck cement your calling. Let it be what you find 
next. Let it be what can God do in me right here and right now. This may not be what I would have designed for myself, but God has placed me here. Let me take a look around. God, what is it that you want me to do here? Is there someone who needs you right now? Paul landed on an island that no one had ever reached before. They never heard the gospel before, and he could have said, well, I guess I can't do anything. That's not what he did. He looked around, and he began to do what God had asked him to do. He began to use what God had gifted him to do. He touched people and healed them with the power of God and more people began to get healed and more people began to come to know Jesus. Why? Because he didn't just sit there and let his circumstance dictate who he was going to be. He let God's word do that. And as I get to this part of of the story, I I remember the, the great commission that Jesus tells us all that we are supposed to go and to make disciples. And most of us are on board with that. Like, yeah, God, I'll go and I'll make, I'll do what you asked me to do. And we began to think, okay, God, when can I go? Where are you going to take me? We began to plan out the go. But the better translation of the Greek there is as you go, make disciples. It's in the moments that are unexpected that God still wants you to make disciples. That conversation that comes out of the blue at work with your coworker that you've been praying for, maybe that's an as-you-go moment that God set up for you to introduce them to Jesus. It can show up as you're driving and you get this sudden urge to stop and help the person that's on the side of the road. That's not something that you normally do, but as you go, God laid this on your heart to go to them and the result is something that you never expected now your shipwreck may never be literal you may never end up on an actual island but what if the shipwreck is financial and you lose your car and you have to ride the bus to and from work for a while could that be the island that God has sent you to Could there be people on that bus that God would say, oh, man, I've been waiting for an opportunity. I've been waiting for someone to go, and no one has actually went. But as you go now, let me take advantage of your willingness to serve. Or maybe you lose your job, and the as-you-go moment happens at wherever you can find a job next. God, I'm not picky. Just give me something I need to provide for my family. I need to do. And wherever God takes you, could that be your island? Could that be the place that you never intended to go, but God always intended to use someone at some time to reach someone there? Would you be open to allowing God to use you as you go during moments where it seems like you've lost everything, that the storm has crushed you? Could God be using that to reach someone who's never heard about him before? See, Paul continued to be who he was. The environment didn't change him. The circumstance didn't change him. The shipwreck didn't change him. And his choice to continue to do what he was supposed to do led to something that no one saw coming. Verse 10, it says this, as a result, remember Paul laid his hands 
on this guy. He healed him and other people began to be healed. As a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Here's what some of you need to hear this morning. Did, did you see what happened there? Because out of shipwreck came supply. You see, they didn't have a way to put their life back together. They didn't have a way to put the ship back together. And what did God do? Out of shipwreck came supply because Paul was faithful. He set it on people's hearts to come and provide all that they would need. You may not be able to put your life back in order. You may not be able to put your family back together. It may be in pieces in front of you, but I know a God who can put broken things back together. I know a God that when shipwreck comes, he can bring supply from it, that he can lay things on other people's heart. He can do things miraculously. He can bring dead things to life. He can bring health out of sickness. He can bring light to where there's darkness. You look through scripture and you find Elijah and you ask him, can God bring shipwreck or supply from shipwreck? You ask Job, can, I, can shipwreck lead to supply? You ask David, can supply come out of shipwreck? You look around this room and you ask someone, what has God done? with the shipwreck in your life? Where has there been no hope that now there's hope? Where was there no life but now there is life? Where is there purpose that there wasn't purpose before? And I bet that if you look, you will find it. All the sailors, the guards, everyone, the prisoners, they all experienced something unfathomable when they were ready to go. The questions came, man, what, what are we gonna, how are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Where are we going to do this and that? And out of shipwreck began to come supply over and over again. What you need, he will supply. What you lost in the storm, what you thought you would never get back from the shipwreck, that family member that walked away five years ago that you've never talked to since then, that relationship that you feel is crumbling between your fingers, out of shipwreck can come supply. If God did it in scripture, if he did it for Lazarus, if he did it for Mary and Martha, if he did it for Elijah, if he did it for Job, he can do it for you. He can do it for your wife, for your husband, for your sister, for your brother, for your family, for your coworkers. He can use the storm out of shipwreck can come supply. And as we look to him in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the shipwreck, as we continue to look to him and look for supply from him and look to his word, we will always find it. And people then will notice. People see the storms that you go through. They see it on your face. They watch you walk in the room like this. They know something's up. As God begins to move in your own shipwreck, it can give them hope that the storm that they're in doesn't have to break them. That they can find a God that loves them enough to stand next to them in the storm and say, hey, even if you lose the ship, you won't lose me. See, when life is unstable, when, when sin in our own lives makes the world around us feel unstable and separates us from God, God doesn't just stand back and say, well, that's what you picked. 
That's not what he did. He sent his son, Jesus, to come and make a way for us to get to him, to provide a solid ground for us to stand on, to pull us from our own mess, our own shipwreck, and give us the supply of life that he said that would never run out. See, there was a price to pay for sin, and Jesus came willingly to pay it for you and for me. He knew that there would be storms in our lives. Some of them we would create on our own and others we would just experience. And he doesn't want any of us to experience that alone. So he sent Jesus so that we could have a refuge, so that we could have someone to run to. And this morning, maybe you feel like life is exactly a storm that you are just hoping to survive. You'd already begun to throw things out and get rid of things that you may just need. But maybe today you just need to turn to the one who's standing next to you in the ship saying, I got you. If you got me, you don't have to worry about the ship. If you got me, it doesn't matter what happens next because I'll never leave you. You'll never be alone. I'm always going to be here. And sometimes he'll quiet the storm. And sometimes he'll ride it out with you. And he'll walk with you through the shipwreck and he'll put pieces of your life back together that people said could never be put back together. That's what God can do. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? Where are you at today? Do you feel so distant from God, from Jesus? You feel like the choices you've been making have, have led you further away from him. But today, you can bring your relationship back to where it needs to be. Today, you can reconcile your heart, your life to Jesus. I'm gonna pray. And if that's you, if you say, Pastor Kevin, man, I, I just feel so far from God. I feel lost this morning. I feel stuck in this storm. And I need God to rescue me from this storm that I've created with the sin in my life. And as I pray, if you just join in and pray this in your own words, you tell God that you need him today that you accept his son into your heart, that you need Jesus to wipe away all of your sins and give you a new life and a new start. And today you choose him. You choose to give him everything that you have, the good stuff, the bad stuff, your hopes, your dreams, your past, your future, your present, all of it is his. And you'll take everything that he has for you, all of the joy, all of the life, all of the shipwreck, all of the storms. As long as he's with you, it's all going to work out. You tell him, Jesus, I give you all of me for the rest of my life. I will follow you. I will be who you say I am. Or maybe you're here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, but life feels like a storm. Or maybe it's no longer the storm, it's the shipwreck, and you're floating, hoping to find some kind of land to stand on, to sit on, to rest. If that's you this morning, when the worship team begins to sing, I want you to stand to your feet and be honest with God.
said, this is where I am. And though the storm may break the ship, I believe that as you stand, God will remind you that it is not breaking his promise, that he's standing there with you in the storm, that he has always been there, that he's going to continue to be with you. If the storm gets worse, he's still going to be there. If you lose it all, he's still going to be there because out of shipwreck, he can bring supply. So during this response song, if that's you, stand to your feet. Let God minister to your heart this morning. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. Please share your story and partner with us financially at newvisiongrandview.com.